Book Twelve, Chapters One through Nine of the City of God. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Darren L. Slider, www.logoslibrary.org. The City of God by Saint Augustine of Hippo, Book Twelve, Chapter One. It has already in the preceding book been shown how the two cities originated among the angels. Before I speak of the creation of man, and show how the cities took their rise, so far as regards the race of rational mortals, I see that I must first, so far as I can, adduce what may demonstrate that it is not incongruous and unsuitable to speak of a society composed of angels and men together, so that there are not four cities or societies, two namely of angels and as many of men, but rather two in all, one composed of the good, the other of the wicked, angels or men indifferently. That the contrary propensities in good and bad angels have arisen, not from a difference in their nature and origin, since God, the good author and creator of all essences, created them both, but from a difference in their wills and desires, it is impossible to doubt. While some steadfastly continued in that which was the common good of all, namely in God himself, and in his eternity, truth and love, others, being enamoured rather of their own power, as if they could be their own good, lapsed to this private good of their own from that higher and beatific good which was common to all, and, bartering the lofty dignity of eternity for the inflation of pride, the most assured verity for the slyness of vanity, uniting love for factious partisanship, they became proud, deceived, envious. The cause, therefore, of the blessedness of the good is adherence to God, and so the cause of the other's misery will be found in the contrary, that is, in their not adhering to God. Wherefore, if when the question is asked why are the former blessed, it is rightly answered because they adhere to God, and when it is asked why are the latter miserable, it is rightly answered because they do not adhere to God. Then there is no other good for the rational or intellectual creature, save God only. Thus, though it is not every creature that can be blessed, for beasts, trees, stones, and things of that kind have not this capacity, yet that creature which has the capacity cannot be blessed of itself, since it is created out of nothing, but only by him by whom it has been created. For it is blessed by the possession of that whose loss makes it miserable." He then who is blessed not in another but in himself cannot be miserable, because he cannot lose himself. Accordingly we say that there is no unchangeable good but the one true blessed God, that the things which he made are indeed good because from him, yet mutable because made not out of him, but out of nothing. Although, therefore, they are not the supreme good, for God is a greater good, yet those mutable things which can adhere to the immutable good, and so be blessed, are very good. For so completely is he their good, that without him they cannot but be wretched. And the other created things in the universe are not better on this account, that they cannot be miserable. For no one would say that the other members of the body are superior to the eyes, because they cannot be blind. But as the sentient nature, even when it feels pain, is superior to the stony, which can feel none, so the rational nature, even when wretched, is more excellent than that which lacks reason or feeling, and can therefore experience no misery. 
And since this is so, then in this nature which has been created so excellent, that though it be mutable itself, it can yet secure its blessedness by adhering to the immutable good, the supreme God. And, since it is not satisfied unless it be perfectly blessed, and cannot be thus blessed save in God, in this nature, I say, not to adhere to God is manifestly a fault. Now every fault injures the nature, and is consequently contrary to the nature. The creature, therefore, which cleaves to God, differs from those who do not, not by nature, but by fault. And yet by this very fault the nature itself is proved to be very noble and admirable. For that nature is certainly praised, the fault of which is justly blamed. For we justly blame the fault, because it mars the praiseworthy nature. As then, when we say that blindness is a defect of the eyes, we prove that sight belongs to the nature of the eyes. And when we say that deafness is a defect of the ears, hearing is thereby proved to belong to their nature. So, when we say that it is a fault of the angelic creature that it does not cleave to God, we hereby most plainly declare that it pertained to its nature to cleave to God. And who can worthily conceive or express how great a glory that is, to cleave to God so as to live to him, to draw wisdom from him, to delight in him, and to enjoy this so great good without death, error, or grief? And thus, since every vice is an injury of the nature, that very vice of the wicked angels, their departure from God, is sufficient proof that God created their nature so good that it is an injury to it not to be with God." Chapter 2. This may be enough to prevent any one from supposing, when we speak of the apostate angels, that they could have another nature, derived, as it were, from some different origin, and not from God. From the great impiety of this error we shall disentangle ourselves the more readily and easily, the more distinctly we understand that which God spoke by the angel when he sent Moses to the children of Israel, I am that I am. For since God is the supreme existence, that is to say, supremely is, and is therefore unchangeable, the things that he made he empowered to be, but not to be supremely like himself. To some he communicated a more ample, to others a more limited existence, and thus arranged the natures of beings and ranks. For as from sapere comes sapientia, so from esse comes essentia a new word indeed which the old latin writers did not use but which is naturalized in our day that our language may not want an equivalent for the greek usia for this is expressed word for word by essentia consequently to that nature which supremely is and which created all else that exists no nature is contrary save that which does not exist for non-entity is the contrary of that which is and thus there is no being contrary to God, the supreme being, and author of all beings whatsoever. Chapter 3 In Scripture they are called God's enemies who oppose his rule, not by nature, but by vice, having no power to hurt him, but only themselves. For they are his enemies not through their power to hurt, but by their will to oppose him. For God is unchangeable and wholly proof against injury. Therefore the vice which makes those who are called his enemies resist him is an evil not to God, but to themselves. And to them it is an evil solely because it corrupts the good of their nature. It is not nature, therefore, but vice which is contrary to God. For that which is evil is contrary to the good. And who will deny that God is the supreme good? Vice, therefore, is contrary to God as evil to good. 
Further, the nature it vitiates is a good, and therefore to this good also it is contrary. But while it is contrary to God only as evil to good, it is contrary to the nature it vitiates, both as evil and as hurtful. For to God no evils are hurtful, but only to natures mutable and corruptible, though, by the testimony of the vices themselves, originally good. For were they not good, vices could not hurt them. For how do they hurt them but by depriving them of integrity, beauty, welfare, virtue, and, in short, whatever natural good vices want to diminish or destroy? But if there be no good to take away, then no injury can be done, and consequently there can be no vice. For it is impossible that there should be a harmless vice. When we gather that though vice cannot injure the unchangeable good, it can injure nothing but good, because it does not exist where it does not injure. This, then, may be thus formulated. Vice cannot be in the highest good, and cannot be but in some good. Things solely good, therefore, can in some circumstances exist, things solely evil, never. For even those natures which are vitiated by an evil will, so far indeed as they are vitiated, are evil, but in so far as they are natures, they are good. And when a vitiated nature is punished, besides the good it has in being a nature, it has this also, that it is not unpunished. For this is just, and certainly everything just is a good. For no one is punished for natural, but for voluntary vices. For even the vice which, by the force of habit and long continuance, has become a second nature, had its origin in the will. For at present we are speaking of the vices of the nature, which has a mental capacity for that enlightenment which discriminates between what is just and what is unjust. CHAPTER Four. But it is ridiculous to condemn the faults of beasts and trees, and other such mortal and mutable things as are void of intelligence, sensation, or life, even though these faults should destroy their corruptible nature. For these creatures received, at their Creator's will, an existence fitting them, by passing away and giving place to others, to secure that lowest form of beauty, the beauty of seasons, which in its own place is a requisite part of this world. For things earthly were neither to be made equal to things heavenly, nor were they, though inferior, to be quite omitted from the universe. Since then, in those situations where such things are appropriate, some perish to make way for others that are born in their room, and the less succumb to the greater, and the things that are overcome are transformed into the quality of those that have the mastery, this is the appointed order of things transitory. Of this order the beauty does not strike us, because by our mortal frailty we are so involved in a part of it that we cannot perceive the whole, in which these fragments that offend us are harmonized with the most accurate fitness and beauty. And therefore, where we are not so well able to perceive the wisdom of the Creator, we are very properly enjoined to believe it, lest in the vanity of human rashness we presume to find any fault with the work of so great an artificer. At the same time, if we attentively consider even these faults of earthly things, which are neither voluntary nor penal, they seem to illustrate the excellence of the natures themselves, which are all originated and created by God. For it is that which pleases us in this nature which we are displeased to see removed by the fault, unless even the natures themselves displease men, as often happens when they become hurtful to them, and then men estimate them not by their nature, but by their utility as in the case of those animals whose swarms scourge the pride of the Egyptians. But in this way of estimating, they may find fault with the sun itself, 
for certain criminals or debtors are sentenced by the judges to be set in the sun. Therefore it is not with respect to our convenience or discomfort, but with respect to their own nature, that the creatures are glorifying to their artificer. Thus even the nature of the eternal fire, penal though it be to the condemned sinners, is most assuredly worthy of praise. For what is more beautiful than fire flaming, blazing, and shining? What more useful than fire for warming, restoring, cooking, though nothing is more destructive than fire burning and consuming? The same thing, then, when applied in one way is destructive, but when applied suitably is most beneficial. For who can find words to tell its uses throughout the whole world? We must not listen, then, to those who praise the light of fire, but find fault with its heat, judging it not by its nature, but by their convenience or discomfort. For they wish to see, but not to be burnt. But they forget that this very light which is so pleasant to them disagrees with and hurts weak eyes, and in that heat which is disagreeable to them some animals find the most suitable conditions of a healthy life. CHAPTER five. All natures, then, inasmuch as they are, and have therefore a rank and species of their own, and a kind of internal harmony, are certainly good. And when they are in the places assigned to them by the order of their nature, they preserve such being as they have received. And those things which have not received everlasting being, are altered for better or for worse, so as to suit the wants and motions of those things to which the Creator's law has made them subservient. And thus they tend in the divine providence to that end which is embraced in the general scheme of the government of the universe. So that, though the corruption of transitory and perishable things brings them to utter destruction, it does not prevent their producing that which was designed to be their result. And this being so, God, who supremely is, and who therefore created every being which has not supreme existence, for that which was made of nothing could not be equal to him, and indeed could not be at all, had he not made it, is not to be found fault with on account of the creature's faults, but is to be praised in view of the natures he has made. CHAPTER six. Thus the true cause of the blessedness of the good angels is found to be this, that they cleave to him who supremely is. And if we ask the cause of the misery of the bad, it occurs to us, and not unreasonably, that they are miserable because they have forsaken him who supremely is, and have turned to themselves who have no such essence. And this vice, what else is it called than pride? For pride is the beginning of sin. They were unwilling, then, to preserve their strength for God, and, as adherence to God was the condition of their enjoying an ampler being, they diminished it by preferring themselves to Him. This was the first effect, and the first impoverishment, and the first flaw of their nature, which was created, not indeed supremely existent, but finding its blessedness in the enjoyment of the supreme being, whilst by abandoning him it should become, not indeed no nature at all, but a nature with a less ample existence, and therefore wretched. If the further question be asked, what was the efficient cause of their evil will, there is none. For what is it which makes the will bad, when it is the will itself which makes the action bad? And consequently the bad will is the cause of the bad action, but nothing is the efficient cause of the bad will. For if anything is the cause, this thing either has or has not a will. If it has, the will is either good or bad. If good, who is so left to himself as to say that a good will makes a will bad? For in this case a good will would be the cause of sin, a most absurd supposition. 
On the other hand, if this hypothetical thing has a bad will, I wish to know what made it so, and that we may not go on forever, I ask at once, what made the first evil will bad? For that is not the first which was itself corrupted by an evil will, but that is the first which was made evil by no other will. For if it were preceded by that which made it evil, that will was first which made the other evil. But if it is replied, nothing made it evil, it always was evil, I ask if it has been existing in some nature. For if not, then it did not exist at all. And if it did exist in some nature, then it vitiated and corrupted it, and injured it, and consequently deprived it of good. And therefore the evil will could not exist in an evil nature, but in a nature at once good and mutable, which this vice could injure. For if it did no injury, it was no vice, and consequently the will in which it was could not be called evil. But if it did injury, it did it by taking away or diminishing good. And therefore there could not be from eternity, as was suggested, an evil will in that thing, in which there had been previously a natural good, which the evil will was able to diminish by corrupting it. If then it was not from eternity, who, I ask, made it? The only thing that can be suggested in reply is, that something which itself had no will made the will evil. I ask then whether this thing was superior, inferior, or equal to it. If superior, then it is better. How then has it no will, and not rather a good will? The same reasoning applies if it was equal. For so long as two things have equally a good will, the one cannot produce in the other an evil will. Then remains the supposition that that which corrupted the will of the angelic nature which first sinned was itself an inferior thing without a will. But that thing, be it of the lowest and most earthly kind, is certainly itself good, since it is a nature and being with a form and rank of its own in its own kind and order. How, then, can a good thing be the efficient cause of an evil will? How, I say, can good be the cause of evil? For when the will abandons what is above itself, and turns to what is lower, it becomes evil, not because that is evil to which it turns, but because the turning itself is wicked. Therefore it is not an inferior thing which has made the will evil, but it is itself which has become so by wickedly and inordinately desiring an inferior thing. For if two men, alike in physical and moral constitution, see the same corporal beauty, and one of them is excited by the sight to desire an illicit enjoyment, while the other steadfastly maintains a modest restraint of his will, what do we suppose brings it about that there is an evil will in the one, and not in the other? What produces it in the man in whom it exists? Not the bodily beauty, for that was presented equally to the gaze of both, and yet did not produce in both an evil will. Did the flesh of the one cause the desire as he looked? But why did not the flesh of the other? Or was it the disposition? But why not the disposition of both? For we are supposing that both were of a light temperament of body and soul. Must we then say that the one was tempted by a secret suggestion of the evil spirit? as if it was not by his own will that he consented to this suggestion, and to any inducement whatever. This consent, then, this evil will which he presented to the evil suasive influence, what was the cause of it, we ask? For, not to delay on such a difficulty as this, if both are tempted equally, and one yields and consents to the temptation, while the other remains unmoved by it, what other account can we give of the matter than this, that the one is willing, the other unwilling, to fall away from chastity? And what causes this but their own wills, in cases at least such as we are supposing, where the temperament is identical? 
The same beauty was equally obvious to the eyes of both, the same secret temptation pressed on both with equal violence. However minutely we examine the case, therefore, we can discern nothing which caused the will of the one to be evil. For if we say that the man himself made his will evil, what was the man himself before his will was evil, but a good nature created by God, the unchangeable good? Here are two men who, before the temptation, were alike in body and soul, and of whom one yielded to the tempter who persuaded him, while the other could not be persuaded to desire that lovely body which was equally before the eyes of both. Shall we say of the successfully tempted man that he corrupted his own will, since he was certainly good before his will became bad? Then why did he do so? Was it because his will was a nature, or because it was made of nothing? We shall find that the latter is the case. For if a nature is the cause of an evil will, what else can we say than that evil arises from good, or that good is the cause of evil? And how can it come to pass that a nature, good though mutable, should produce any evil, that is to say, should make the will itself wicked? CHAPTER Seven. Let no one therefore look for an efficient cause of the evil will, for it is not efficient, but deficient, as the will itself is not an effecting of something, but a defect. For defection from that which supremely is, to that which has less of being, this is to begin to have an evil will. Now to seek to discover the causes of these defections, causes, as I have said, not efficient, but deficient, is as if someone sought to see darkness, or hear silence. Yet both of these are known by us, and the former by means only of the eye, the latter only by the ear, but not by their positive actuality, but by their want of it. Let no one, then, seek to know from me what I know that I do not know, unless he perhaps wishes to learn to be ignorant of that of which all we know is that it cannot be known. For those things which are known not by their actuality, but by their want of it, are known, if our expression may be allowed and understood, by not knowing them, that by knowing them they may be not known. For when the eyesight surveys objects that strike the sense, it nowhere sees darkness but where it begins not to see. And so no other sense but the ear can perceive silence, and yet it is only perceived by not hearing. Thus, too, our mind perceives intelligible forms by understanding them, but when they are deficient it knows them by not knowing them, for who can understand defects? CHAPTER Eight. This I do know, that the nature of God can never, nowhere, no wise be defective, and that natures made of nothing can. These latter, however, the more being they have, and the more good they do, for then they do something positive, the more they have efficient causes. But in so far as they are defective in being, and consequently do evil, for then what is their work but vanity, they have deficient causes. And I know likewise that the will could not become evil were it unwilling to become so, and therefore its failings are justly punished, being not necessary but voluntary. For its defections are not to evil things, but are themselves evil that is to say, are not towards things that are naturally and in themselves evil, but the defection of the will is evil, because it is contrary to the order of nature, and an abandonment of that which has supreme being for that which has less. For avarice is not a fault inherent in gold, but in the man who inordinately loves gold, to the detriment of justice, which ought to be held in incomparably higher regard than gold. 
Neither is luxury the fault of lovely and charming objects, but of the heart that inordinately loves sensual pleasures, to the neglect of temperance which attaches us to objects more lovely in their spirituality, and more delectable by their incorruptibility. Nor yet is boasting the fault of human praise, but of the soul that is inordinately fond of the applause of men, and that it makes light of the voice of conscience. Pride, too, is not the fault of him who delegates power, nor of power itself, but of the soul that is inordinately enamoured of its own power, and despises the more just dominion of a higher authority. Consequently, he who inordinately loves the good which any nature possesses, even though he obtain it, himself becomes evil in the good, and wretched because deprived of a greater good. CHAPTER Nine. There is, then, no natural efficient cause, or, if I may be allowed the expression, no essential cause of the evil will, since itself is the origin of evil and mutable spirits, by which the good of their nature is diminished and corrupted, and the will is made evil by nothing else than defection from God, a defection of which the cause, too, is certainly deficient. But as to the good will, if we should say that there is no efficient cause of it, we must beware of giving currency to the opinion that the good will of the good angels is not created, but is co-eternal with God. For if they themselves are created, how can we say that their good will was eternal? But if created, was it created along with themselves, or did they exist for a time without it? If along with themselves, then doubtless it was created by him who created them, and as soon as ever they were created, they attached themselves to him who created them, with the love he created in them. And they are separated from the society of the rest, because they have continued in the same good will, while the others have fallen away to another will, which is an evil one, by the very fact of its being a falling away from the good, from which we may add, they would not have fallen away had they been unwilling to do so. But if the good angels existed for a time without a good will, and produced it in themselves without God's interference, then it follows that they made themselves better than he made them. Away with such a thought! For without a good will, what were they but evil? Or if they were not evil, because they had not an evil will any more than a good one, for they had not fallen away from that which as yet they had not begun to enjoy, certainly they were not the same, not so good, as when they came to have a good will. Or if they could not make themselves better than they were made by him who is surpassed by none in his work, then certainly, without his helpful operation, they could not come to possess that good will which made them better. And though their good will effected that they did not turn to themselves, who had a more stinted existence, but to him who supremely is, and that being united to him their own being was enlarged, and they lived a wise and blessed life by his communications to them, what does this prove but that the will, however good it might be, would have continued helplessly only to desire him, had not he who had made their nature out of nothing, and yet capable of enjoying him, first stimulated it to desire him, and then filled it with himself, and so made it better? Besides, this too has to be inquired into, whether, if the good angels made their own good will, they did so with or without will. If without, then it was not their doing. If with, was the will good or bad? If bad, how could a bad will give birth to a good one? If good, then already they had a good will. And who made this will, which already they had, but he who created them with a good will, or with that chaste love by which they cleaved to him, in one and the same act creating their nature, and endowing it with grace? 
and thus we are driven to believe that the holy angels never existed without a good will or the love of God. But the angels who, though created good, are yet evil now, became so by their own will. And this will was not made evil by their good nature, unless by its voluntary defection from good. For good is not the cause of evil, but a defection from good is. These angels, therefore, either received less of the grace of the divine love than those who persevered in the same, or, if both were created equally good, then, while the one fell by their evil will, the others were more abundantly assisted, and attained to that pitch of blessedness at which they became certain they should never fall from it, as we have already shown in the preceding book. We must therefore acknowledge what the praise due to the Creator, that not only of holy men, but also of the holy angels, it can be said that the love of God is shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto them. And that not only of men, but primarily and principally of angels, it is true, as it is written, it is good to draw near to God. And those who have this good in common, have, both with him to whom they draw near, and with one another, a holy fellowship, and form one city of God, his living sacrifice, and his living temple. And I see that as I have now spoken of the rise of this city among the angels, it is time to speak of the origin of that part of it which is hereafter to be united to the immortal angels, and which at present is being gathered from among mortal men, and is either sojourning on earth, or, in the persons of those who have passed through death, is resting in the secret receptacles and abodes of disembodied spirits. For from one man whom God created as the first, the whole human race descended, according to the faith of holy scripture, which deservedly is of wonderful authority among all nations throughout the world, since, among its other true statements, it predicted, by its divine foresight, that all nations would give credit to it. End of Book 12, Chapters 1-9 through 9. Recording by Darren L. Slider, Fort Worth, Texas www.logoslibrary.org